blood. The Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. I see the enemy coming in like a flood in our houses, in our churches, in our families. But what I don't see is the standard. People of God, where's the standard at? We're in a war, y'all. It's time to stand, y'all. The Lord gave the word, and great was the company of them that published it. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Welcome to the Know Your Bible radio broadcast that reaches around the world daily with the good news about Jesus Christ our Lord. I am your host, Bishop Fred A. Carwell Sr. Now lend me your ear, and let's go inside of Know Your Bible and hear God's life-changing word. Welcome to Know Your Bible. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 22. In Proverbs 10 and 22, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. I want to talk to you about the Lord's blessing. The Lord's blessing. The Lord, the, the Lord came out of nowhere. Now you think about that. He came out of nowhere without a mother, without a father, without beginning or ending of days just like Melchizedek. And when we think about the blessing of the Lord making sure, is one thing about those kung fu movies. Whenever that guy goes out there and he knows kung fu and he gets into a fight, in a room or a bar, he's the only one walking out of there. Everybody else is on the floor. And that's the way that God is. When God be for you, he's more than the whole world against you. He's knocking everybody out. He came out of nowhere, and God is the God of love and the God of prosperity, and the God of deliverance. He is stupendous. And when you think about this God who came out of nowhere, who has a desire to live in the hearts of each of his people, to give us the same power. I got no help in here. The same power that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus lives in you. Now you think about that. The same power that raised him up from the dead is alive in you. And oh, how often we limit our potentials because we don't see it. We're not supposed to be trying to see it. We're supposed to be trying to believe it. Can I get a witness in here? So that this God... This Lord who came out of nowhere, the God of love, had salvation 
and prosperity on his mind. Now, he could have been the God of poverty. But then what would it have looked like if he had made something in poverty? I don't think it would look right. Because when we think about God and where God lives, man, God is in control of a kingdom. And that kingdom is powerful. And his son is the monarch of the universe. And whenever the king decrees that something should be done, nothing is going to work right until it's finished. So God has ordained. God has set in motion not only the wheels of salvation, but also the power to get wealth. He did that. God has given each one of us that believes on Jesus, or that believes in Jesus, the power to get wealth. Because the place where he is, in what I read in the book of Revelation, is mind-blowing. All those people worshiping him, bowing down before him, declaring that he is Lord. What a time, what a place to be in. When you have thousands upon thousands and thousands, thousands upon thousands, declaring that he is Lord. Man, God loves us with a love that we cannot comprehend. It's, 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 it's just amazing to me that how God like him loves somebody like us. He loves you. And the circumstances that you're going through and the things that you're facing in your life, this too shall come to pass. But boy, sometimes in the waiting. Sometimes in the waiting in the wee hours of the night and, and sometimes when the days look like they're doubling up and getting longer. It's an exercise in patience to believe that the God of the universe, the God of the universe, is going to move on our behalf. He's the God of the universe. And so in, in, in you know, getting ready to come and share this with you on tonight, it, it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to me that this God who lives in you, if you're a believer, all God, all the time, lives in you. The same Jesus that God brought back from the dead lives in you as a believer. Now I'm saying this because I don't care who you are or what your address is, we all need encouragement. We all need encouragement. And when you think about being encouraged and you think about what do you have in your wallet and you think about how God who owns the heaven and the earth can bless us out of nothing because God is on your side. So we fight this battle in the earth realm to have something. 
only to find out the people we thought that were on our side are really somewhere else. So this is what I'm saying. When you meet Jesus, as some of us have met him, then you need to try to find out, Lord, what do you have for me? Because I'm over here and I got a situation. So I thought about the widow. I thought about the widow's oil from this God who lives in you. Man that lives in you. Say, say these words back to me. God, I so thank you for being alive in me. That's awesome. That's awesome. So we got to change our minds. We have to redevelop our mindsets so that we don't think that we are all by ourselves in the trial that we're going through. You're not by yourself. If you were Jesus, you would never be alone. So listen to his voice. All right. The blessing of the Lord. That's singular. The blessing of the Lord is Jesus. He is the blessing. And that is the it blessing that makes rich. And he had no sorrow with it. Don't ever apologize for being blessed. Don't ever apologize for the blessings of the Lord that he rains down upon your life. Don't do that. And if you want other people to be blessed around you as you are blessed of the Lord and highly favored, then the best way to handle that is to pray for them. Amen. Amen. There's nothing wrong with giving them a little piece of your action. <laughs> okay. And there are a few things here in Proverbs 10 before I move on. Um, if you look at verse 15, Proverbs chapter 10, it says the rich man's wealth is his strong city. The destruction of the poor is their poverty. So what is killing folk? Poverty. What is calling, causing them to feel less than human? Poverty. You know, I, I don't like that commercial. It's a commercial on television. It's an old woman in the hospital. And she's sitting up in the bed talking with her daughter about a life insurance policy. And that's a, just a sad commercial to me because, you know, the woman is poor. She's getting ready to die. And she finally got a policy that she can kind of put a little bit of weight on and depend on. And her daughter is sitting there talking about her mama getting ready to die. And she'd have made this money available for her burial. Now, I'm not being ugly because whoever paid for the commercial, I'm sure they're enjoying it. But if you talk to the average person, they too are getting ready to die. Who wants to live? <laughs> Who wants to get the blessings of the Lord that he has prepared for them? People getting ready to die. 
And God wants his people to get ready to live. Man, we, need to, we need to be getting ready to live. We need to have a spiritual Mardi Gras. Because we accepted Jesus, but some of us act like we don't even know who he is. It shouldn't be that way. Man, God got a new car for you if you want it. Go, go get it. God got a house for you. Go get it. Now, you'll accuse me of being what? Carnal. I'm not being carnal. And I refuse to let anybody in this world make me feel saddened because I'm blessed of the Lord and highly favored. The God that came from nowhere, man, he came to bless us and to give us an inheritance. My goodness. To give us an inheritance among them that are sanctified. Well, if you're sanctified, you set aside. And if you set aside, you sanctified. And God sets you over there for his exclusive use and purpose. I guarantee you, if you do your life God's way, and none of us are perfect, but if you have a desire to do it God's way, God will show up. It, it, it just... It just it just causes my mind to just, in my heart, to be glad when I think about his love for me. When I think about, he lives in me. I'm not going to find God. God came to find me. And he lives in me. So when you talk about a rich man's wealth, it's his strong city. See, people that got all that money, man, they treat other people like they're not even human. Don't you let money go to your head to the point that you start acting funny with everybody in your family. Some people have done that too. So the rich man's wealth is his strong city. The destruction of the poor is their poverty. There's nothing like poverty that there's nothing like poverty when it comes to the destruction of poor people. And somebody say, well, Pastor, you know what? It's just bad. You riding in that fine car and you passing that old lady up sitting at that bus station over there, sitting at that bus stop over there. You got room in your car to pick her up? Yeah, I do. But, you know, things have kind of changed. That old woman can say, he touched me. Your life is over. Sexual assault. So you be careful out there because people are looking for somebody to pay their bills. Okay, back on up in verse 10 of Proverbs to verse 4. He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent make it rich. See, you, you cannot be getting paid on Friday and just passing money out like it's going out of style. What are you working for? Because if you are loose with money, you will become poor if you deal with a slack hand. Oh, you want, you want 50? Huh, take this. You want 20? Huh, take this. And the devil got you deceived to the point that you think you acting like Jesus. No, you're working to be poor. All right? So, so understand that he becometh poor that dealeth with the slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. 
when you find somebody, you can call them tight, you can call them all kind of stuff, but if they're saving their money, and if they are tithing, and they have already determined what they're going to spend this week, you ain't in the budget. <laughs> I'm sorry. You ain't in the budget. Huh? You can attach yourself to somebody who has something. Have you ever heard of covetousness? Mm -mm. If you want to be not poor, then you'll quit dealing with a slack hand. But the hand of the diligent make it rich. You have to be persistent with money. Whenever money shows up, you have to be persistent with how you handle your money. Because you'll look around having worked all week, moaning, groaning, and complaining. You know what you're going to find out? When you give your money away, you broke. And now we have to get into our 401k and get into other things that we may have in place that was not determined to be spent that way. I'm, I'm here to tell you, you have to pay attention to what you are doing with your money. Pay attention. Literally pay attention. You get home Friday and you got $20 left. And the bills haven't been paid. So we need to ask God not only for wisdom, we need to ask him for a plan to get debt free. Amen? Amen. I hope you can enjoy this because my heart is just overturned with a good matter. In verse 5, he that gathereth in summer is a wise son. But he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causes shame. See, when it's harvest time, it's time to reap what you have sown. So there's a time of sowing and there's a time of reaping. Now I'm saying all this because I need to say it. It's just too many poor folk at the church. Now I didn't necessarily say this church, you have poor people everywhere. And man, when it's time for that cheese or whatever it is, them folk wrap around that building and it does not matter what the weather conditions may be, they're going to be there until they get that cheese or whatever it is that they're giving out. God does not want us to live that way. Amen. The church has a message for the whole wide world, but the question is who's listening? Second Kings. Second Kings chapter 4. Tell your neighbor, you don't have to live in poverty. Poverty is poor. You know, growing up, mother used to always had something. She always had something in there that we could go and eat. And I remember growing on up and understanding a few things. I came across some people that was not as fortunate as I was. I don't ever remember going to bed hungry. I don't ever remember, you know, um, just being out there until I got out there to find out 
that all the time we were poor. But you couldn't tell it because God was blessing the house. My grandmother was a praying woman, a member of Evergreen up there on Allen Avenue. And the Lord had blessed her house. And so when you look back on your life, can you see poverty or can you see where the Lord stepped in and helped y'all out when you needed him to step in and help y'all out the most? Huh? It was him. It was, it was nobody but him that did that for your family. And it was not because you all had a whole lot of money, a whole lot of powerful contacts uptown. It was because his love for you would not let you just go down the tube that way. So what he did, he decided, I'm going to help this family. Now there are some families, man, listen. Some folk went to school and got some powerful degrees. That was God. That was God. And so as we know him better, to serve him better, to befriend him better, that should release all the pressure right there on us. We should not have no pressure on us to live day by day. And the God of the universe is alive in every one of his children. I came from a poor family. We didn't have much. But the Lord. I said, but the Lord was real good to us. My mother could go in the kitchen, man, and food was scarce. And she said, y'all come on and eat. I had no question about what we were going to eat. I knew we were going to eat because Muddy made it possible. You have to be careful because we're living in times right now where children are where children literally are having children and ain't nobody eating. Just a piece of bread, man, is a blessing. I'm saying all these things, man, because my heart is just almost just burst out of my chest because God has been good to me and I didn't deserve and don't deserve not one single blessing. But I'm glad he blessed me. Are you glad that he's blessing you? You, you ought to really be glad because when you look at it, you don't deserve it. But God. <laughs> but God. And when the Lord blesses us, he wants us to be grateful. Man, gratitude will bring a lot of things to your house. Are you at 2 Kings chapter 4? And I'm going to commence reading at verse 1. Now there cried a widow woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. And the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be slaves. And Elisha said unto her, what shall I do for thee? Tell me. What hast thou in the house? And she said. Thine handmaid. Hath not anything. In the house. Except. Now that except right there. 
is going to determine how she comes out and what she does with it is going to show no stamp in her life what happens to her because of what she has. The creditor, the creditor, the people from Lowe's, the folks from Sears, the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be slaves. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me. What hast thou in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house except. Now, if you broke, and they used to say busted and disgusted, what do you have then in the house? Because the things that we have in the house, we think that they are not significant. Everything, when you broke, is significant. And you need to look at it that way because maybe God is calling for the exception that you have in your house. The creditors had come to take away her son and her husband was dead. So she had no visible means of income. No visible means of income. When she slid that except out there, except, except what? Part of all. Man, God hears the longings of our heart. That's what his job is. He hears that. And he wants to move on our behalf. Except. Because that exception right there is what's going to either make it or break it. Now when you got a whole house and the only thing you have in that whole house is a little cruise of oil. See God can take anything and make something out of it. Don't you be ashamed to drag up and put a penny in that envelope and, and sign it and put your name on it. You send that penny on the finance. God can take a penny and make dollars out of it. Any witnesses in here? What you have must become the exception to the rule. Trust God for what you need. Sow into what you got to have and watch God work it out. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. In verse 2, 2 Kings chapter 4. And Elijah said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house except a pot of oil. Then he said, Go, borrow thee vessels from all thy neighbors. Even empty vessels, borrow not a few. In other words, get as many as you can. Because God's getting ready to move on your behalf. You know what's absent in this scenario? I'll tell you what's absent. When he asked her, what do you have in your house? And she said, nothing except a part of all. i tell you what they didn't say. We need to go to the boat. 
We need to go gamble. We need to go take our chance with man. You can't beat no computer. That computer figured out how your clothes fit on you. You can't beat that computer. Now you accuse me of being without faith. No, I'm with wisdom. Now if they did it back then, and they were real clear in their essence of things and how they judged things in their own life, and they, the woman knew the only thing that she had, but she didn't know the significant value or what she had. Man, God can take a little and turn it into a lot. Oh, yes, he can, preacher. Don't you want him to? Some of y'all act like you don't believe he can do it. You got a head, use it for good. You ought to be saying, yeah, I know he can. Lord, you know what I need. I'm sitting right here. I done made the sacrifice to come to church. Now bless me right where I am. Right here, right now. I need a blessing. I need for you to step up and bless me. Because if you don't bless me, I ain't going to be blessed. You have to get involved in what it is that you call your situation. You can't sit on the sideline and expect God to do all the work. What do you have in your hand that's the question that is the question that's an age old question and when you are looking through your purse because you got to feed this traffic meter a dime down in there putting the lipstick you know, you're trying to get 30 cents. Those pennies at that time become very important. Become very important. So you need to lift up your head and you need to act like you are a millionaire. That's what you need to do. You need to act rich. How does one act rich? A sister's who, huh? Man, your stride need to be like, you got money. God done bless me. I'm just leaving out of my house. You know what I discovered? A lot of those houses down there on Fairfield, whatever, empty. Ain't got no furniture in that living room. But they got that house. And if the blessing of the Lord that make it rich causes me to respond to what I believe that he's going to do for me, then I will line my life up and line things up like I'm waiting on the Lord. Amen. Amen. It's been told someone that needed a car and sold it at the church house for the car. They cleaned the space out in the garage. And somebody came by and said, well, why is that space empty? Because I'm waiting on my car. Time rolled on. And the space was not filled. And that same old nosy neighbor. You know, nosy neighbors have long noses. Y'all seen that Pocono? You know when you turn and, 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 and knock all the glasses off the tray? 
I thought about somebody real like that. They lie. So if you're waiting on your car, you clean that space out. Because God will meet the desires of your heart. It just works that way. Faith does not work like common sense. Faith works without common sense. Faith has the power to turn our whole situation around if we start talking it. You see my car? I, I remember before I got my first Mercedes Benz. So I'm sorry about that. Mercedes Benz. <laughs> see, when you're rich, you don't talk like common people. Well, I just waiting on my Mercedes. No. I'm waiting on my Mercedes. Then I got to the point, this is real. You see my car? Ain't no car there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's sitting right there. <laughs> I all pass, I all pass another. My car is sitting right there. Because I believe through the eyes of faith that I already have what it is that I already claim. Can I get a witness in here? So when you are believing God for what you cannot see, <laughs> then you make a big old deal of it because it's sitting right there. And you are waiting on the manifestation of what you released into the hand of God for him to do for you. And that's what you've got to do in this generation. You cannot wait on people to determine what your blessings are going to be. You have to determine that. Because the blessing of the Lord it maketh rich, and he had no sorrow with it. So I'm free to express myself to the Lord and to those around me as to what it is I'm waiting on God to do. And I already know, because he already told me, I'm not going to make you ashamed when you're standing up there doing that talking and folk don't see the car. You see the car. You see the note, too. <laughs> and you're just waiting on him. Because you know he's going to come through. Now, that's been my experience. That's why I don't let people, you, I don't let people put down my testimony. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. I have to put brakes on my mouth sometimes because, you know, I'm just blessed. I'm blessed. My mouth got me blessed. My heart got me blessed. I say it because I believe it. And because I believe it, I say it. And to be quite honest with you, I don't know of no big ticket item that I need. Because God has already met those needs. So now what do you do? You lay up for the future. If you plan on being around 10 years from now, you need to lay some money up. You need to lay it up. And you need to, don't be afraid to talk to it. You, you, you open the door of your mind, you say, now y'all growing in there? <laughs> huh? Who's fighting in that? Now, now, here go the Jeffersons. 
money is to be used to give you a higher standard of living and put you in a better position to bless God's house. Who in here does not want money? Uh, who in here does not want money? Good. <laughs> this is what I want to say. These, they, these folk have come to get my sons to put them in slavery because my husband left us in debt. How many people, how many men have died and left their family in so much debt until now they just don't simply, they simply don't know how they're going to get out of it. You got to have a plan. You got to have a plan because the creditors will come and take your stuff. They'll come and get it. While you speaking with tongues and mouth foaming like you done just ate an Alka-Seltzer. No, you should have paid those bills when you saw them coming into the house. And when they got into the house and you asked them, what are y'all here for? To get our stuff. Man, if we ever needed the Lord before, we sure do need him now. And what's so amazing about all this is that he wants you blessed. But we've got to get better with our stewardship. I mean, we just have to. You got to start someplace. All right, moving right along. Y'all still here? So he told them in verse 3, Then he said, Go borrow the vessels from all thy neighbors, even empty vessels. Borrow not a few. No, not a few? No. Borrow as many as you can, not just a few. Verse 4, And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door, Upon thee and upon thy sons, and shall pour out into all those vessels thou shalt set aside that which is full. Now, wait a minute. Some stuff ain't your neighbor's business, so could you shut the door? When you got frenemies, and you just declaring the blessings of the Lord too early to people that can mount an offense against you to stop you. Because sometimes we should not open our mouths around certain people. I know that's right. We should, we should, we should not. We should understand what a secret is. But in this generation, Nothing seems to be out of bounds. People just know, they just know too much about you. And if you notice, they know all that about you and ain't nobody hauling no money over there to help you. So the thing was to shut the door. And this is a powerful statement. You got a little cruise of oil, yeah? Go to your neighbors and borrow some vessels. Okay. They brought the vessels back in the house. And now watch this powerful command. Fill them up out of this little bitty thing, this little bitty vessel. What? Fill all these vessels 
with the oil that's in the little vessel that you had in your house. I want all these vessels filled. Now, can you imagine some of those big old gumbo containers that they have down south or in some of these restaurants? Real big and, 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 and they're just large vessels. And here this man is inside of this house telling them to pour oil out of something about this size and fill up something about this size. Now we got a problem. Where is your faith? You got to have faith to get a blessing like that. You just have to. And don't be looking around at the people around you to see what they have. God is telling us something in here tonight. What is that? What do you have in your house, in your hand? that seem to be of no value. God does people that way. People that seem to be nothing to us is everything to the Lord. It took a lot of faith to fill all those vessels, but guess what? Out of a little cruise of oil, they fill all those vessels. Why? Because they believe. There's no way I'm going to give God money and I don't believe he's going to give me back an awesome return on my investment. I'm, I'm, I, I just know he is. He's, he's not going to give me back the same that I gave him. Because the increase on what, you know, I give the Lord and the blessing of the Lord, it make it rich. That's God's son, Jesus. That's the Holy Ghost in my life. And the reason I'm talking mine because, I, you know, I don't know all that's going on with you, but I know what's going on with me. So I have to testify, and I don't want you to think that I'm just holding me up. I'm just telling you what he has done. Because he, he said, go and tell what he has done to make his deeds known among the people. So if people perceive that you just brag and you just this and that, at least I have a testimony at least I can sit here and tell you what great things God has done for me. And I'm not just talking about a dresser or an ottoman or a large screen TV. I got all that. But what I really want you to know is that I'm saved. Uh, I'm born again. I've been washed in the blood of the crucified Lamb of God. I'm in the will of God having need for things. The Lord told me, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive what? Them things. So God wanted me to have things. He does not want things to have me. The widow had a problem. But hear this. She had the solution in her own house. She had a problem. But she had the solution too. And what she did not know is that she had the solution. It's going to take God's word to tell us what's in the house. And to pick us up and give us strength for our journey and grace for our trials. I can only testify 
as to what great things God has done for me. And he did them because I asked him to. And I tell you something else he did. He did more than I asked him to. Because he wanted me to understand not only his love for me, but his provisions for me. And anytime you find folk, they just got a poor mouth. They need to take that bill off like a duck and turn it upside down. You need to change the way you talking. Because whatever is in the heart is coming out of the mouth. It's coming out of the mouth. So I'm sharing with you what great things God has done for me and what he wants to do for you. This is the God of more than enough. Look at verse 4. And when thou art come in, that's into the house, thou shalt shut the door unto thee and upon thy sons and shall pour out unto all these, all those vessels, pour out unto all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. Now, man, wait a minute. Get ready for a miracle. Pour it out. Pour it out into all of them. And then sit, push them aside over there. What do you have in your hair, in your house? Nothing except a little cruise of oil. God can get in that. God can use that. God can use whatever we present to him, all things being equal, because God can make a blessing out of nothing. Amen. He really can. He can. And, 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 and I think we need to take the limits off of God if you want to see a miracle. How many of y'all want to see a miracle? Amen. Well, you go back to your house and you figure out what's in there. Because God is looking for somebody that he can release a blessing to. I don't have adequate words. You, 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 you have no idea how I am inside of me looking for adequate words to communicate to you not only God's love, but his provisional care for you. And if we don't have that in this world, we're going to be out there begging now we're messing up again. Because David said, I have been young and now am old. And I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. You're at the church. You're in the church. You're born again. God is in you. What are you doing begging? You're making God look bad, like he can't take care of you. Don't do that. You don't have to do that. Let's get in touch with God so that God can do what it is that we are asking him to do. And, and you remember the scripture now, you have not because you didn't ask. Now, th that ought to be real plain. So then that tells me that whatever I sense that I need from God, I need to ask. But wait just a minute, hold a pickle in the mail. Because God wants me to ask, right? Am I right about it? But he also said, before you call, 
I'll answer you. We need to get back, we need to get on track. And we don't need to let Satan move us off of that line, that direct connection with God to the point that we start begging. Man, God said, listen, I don't even want your children begging. I know this is right. I don't have to beg. No, I don't. Now, when you say that around some folk, I don't have to beg, you know what they're going to say? Who you think you are? Well, then you telling me that I'm a child of God or whoever I am, but I have to go through this world begging him? I don't have to beg God. He's already said, before you call, I'll answer. He also said, what things, soever, things, soever, things, soever, things, things. What things, soever you desire, when you pray, believe. Believe what? Believe that you receive those things. Now, here comes somebody else of another persuasion. You know, you just want too much. Why are you begging God? Because God told me to ask, and I'm going to receive. See, what you are hearing is a man that have gone through the fire dealing with religious people. Trying to convince my mind that I shouldn't be wanting nothing. I want everything God got for me. That's why he made me and that's why he made that. So that can be me. So you don't let nobody put you down and you know you have a need. You make your request known unto God and he will work it out. He, 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 he will work it out. And in his working, you be still. That's how you get a blessing. That's what I found out. It's working on my behalf. In verse 5, is it working for you? Is he the God of miracles? Can he do it? Has he done it? Do you want him to do it again? All you have to do is ask. You say, Pastor, it ain't that simple. Go see God. It is that simple. He said, ask. A is for ask. S is for seek. K is for knock. Which one of those you don't understand? God will start with you right where you are. Amen. Still in 2 Kings chapter 4. In verse 4. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons and shall pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. She poured out. Now, you know what some people do today? I tell you what they'll do. They'll go into their house. They'll get some pots. They'll get this little thing of olive oil in this little cruise. And they'll start pouring out. And they already know. Now watch this. 
is not enough in that little vessel even to fill the first part of. And it, this is where they sound. See, that don't work. Man, you crazy. It's not done that way. It's done by faith that you believe. That's how you receive. It's done by faith. Everything that we get from God, all things been equal, it has to be done by faith. You have to believe. But see, when we tempt God when we say, okay, Lord, fill all these vessels up with oil. You're going to be there. Because in days like these, that's not the way it works. I didn't say it couldn't work, but in days like these, you got to see them full. You got to believe with all your heart that God has done his part. Because it's a faith journey. That's how it's done by faith. And when we act on the principles of faith, then God will get to us what it is that we need. That's how it works. But we made it so hard. Good, I put, and you know, and, and, and I ran out and the pot wasn't even full. You okay, man. <laughs> uh-uh, you got to see it, fool. You got to see that, that, that empty space in that garage with that car sitting right there, too. So what color do you want? You have to see yourself successful. You have to see yourself out of debt. You have to. You have to believe that the things that you are asking of God, that those things have been granted to you by and per your request. That's what you have to believe. And you see it in the spirit. And that's how you receive it. It's done that way. Man, before this building was put up back in 1985, 86, this building we in was put up. I used to draw little stick people. I drew y'all in the pews. Some of y'all had one hand up. I wasn't pleased with that. So I drew you another arm. I sure did. You have to see what you believe. Oh, man. <laughs> you have to see what it is that you believe. And the fight between you and the devil shows up because you believe. And because you believe, he's trying to persuade you that that will never happen. Well, the moment you believe you receive, it has already happened. It's already happened. I'm already blessed. I'm not waiting to be blessed. You're already blessed. If you have to wait until hell freezes over and they start selling Wally sickles, after you would have put your mouth in motion, Lord, I trust you. Lord, I believe you. Lord, I'm waiting on you. This is what I believe that I receive in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I thank you for meeting my need in Jesus' name. And he'll do it for you. That's where he acts. That's what he does. And he came out of nowhere to do that. God is just, he's just great. I, I tell you something else. 
the older I get in age, the more sensitive I am to life, period. But especially to the things of the Lord. I'm soon to turn 74 years old. In two years, man, I would have lived a third, a third of 100. And the biggest fight that I've had in my life that I can remember has been this year. And because of what the enemy has attacked me with, I'm, I'm never going to give up. I, I, th I thought about it, but I decided I, I need to be strong and go on and see that the end is going to be better than the beginning of a thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, th I thank all of you for your prayers and everything. And I know y'all got these homemade remedies. Keep them, you know, just, you know. Yeah, I, I don't need no duck grease on my forehead and all the rest of that stuff. I, I believe that I receive that I am whole from the crown of my head to the very soles of my feet. And the same God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is alive in me. And he's alive in you. And this is something wonderful that's going on. I can't explain it. But I trust God for it. This woman only had a cruise of all. And two sons. And the creditors had come to take them away and make them slaves. Because they didn't have the money to pay. You understand that? And see, this is the destruction of the poor. Poverty. We just read that. Poverty is what's killing folk. Poverty is what is, is the perception of poverty. That's running people's blood pressure straight up through their brain, killing them. Man, so many people are so stressed out. But the sad part about it, a lot of these folk go to church. I ain't come, I'm not coming to church and then being afraid, afraid of all this. And all. I'm going to live my life and the Lord going to tell me what to do and we're going to be just fine. And you will be just fine too. Quit letting stuff stress you out. You can't afford it. It'll kill you. You got to find some kind of way to think yourself happy. Well, if I got the power to think myself happy, then I got the power to be healthy. Yeah. I, I know that when I get into these kind of conversations with you, that I sound very violent. Like I just want to go find somebody and just beat them. I do. Because it's a constant battle to be happy. I know that's right. I, do I need to say that again? It's a constant battle to be happy. So that's why we're told to fight the good fight of faith. The same moments that bring you joy will bring you pain. So you got to figure out how can I hold on to this joy just a little while longer. God wants you happy. Say that back to me. No, you. 
Uh-uh. Mean. So which happy you want? You want me to be happy. You want me to be happy. Am I right about it? You, you want for me to be happy. So if you want me to be happy, I want you to be happy. Man, can you just think about a, a church showing up and everybody who comes through the door is just happy and smiling and laughing and giving the usher two high fives. Just glad to be here. Glad to be at the meeting. I'm happy. Now watch this. It doesn't mean that everything at the house is right. I ain't at the house. I'm at this house and I'm happy. Matter of fact, I'm happy to be away from that house to be at this house because what's at that other house is making me sick. That's why I came here to get away from that house. And I want everybody that I meet to know I'm just glad and happy, pleasantly pleased to be here and see on my face you don't see nothing but joy. But you don't know that me and George got a problem. So I'm at God's house. I left George at that house with the problem. You quit letting people stir that mess up and cause you. See, they know you. And they know if they discourage you with some mess that they got going on, you're going to sit there and miss an opportunity to hear the eloquent preacher. Man, don't you let nothing steal your joy. Let me conclude this like this. Because God's word is not being taken in vain. The situation with this woman and her turning her faith loose with a little old cruise of oil to fill all those vessels up. That was a powerful miracle all by itself. But then there was something there that God wanted this woman to have that went beyond filling these vessels up. Do you know what it was? Debt free. Something that started out with nothing ended up setting this woman debt free. I've been debt free for a long time. And I thank God for it. Just like you can be debt free. Tell your neighbor you can be debt free. Tell your other neighbor on the other side you can be free of debt. You see sometimes people don't hear one thing. That maybe they can hear that. Tell another neighbor. <laughs> Tell another neighbor that the Lord has the power to set you free. See, these things were written for our learning. Am I right about it? And these things were written for our learning. And, and what else on there? Is it for our understanding? Because God wants me to know this woman started out with a little cruise of all, but she didn't end up that way. 
Let me read on. You may find yourself in here. Verse 5. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons, just like she was told, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more. And the oil stopped flowing. Wait a minute. You got these big old gallons and gallons that will hold gallons and gallons of water. And you started out with something like this. And you poured out. And her big thing is, you know, when she was celebrating, you know what she was saying? I poured out. That was enough right there to say I was obedient to what I was told to do. I did it. I poured out. Well, she poured out until all the vessels were full. Now it wasn't anything to pour out into because all the vessels were full. God had filled up the vessels. So what started with just a little cruise oil and that's all I got in my house, what started there didn't end up there. So what started in Vegas, no, no, no. So what... <laughs> <laughs> so what started over there ended up being a mega blessing for this woman a big old blessing no husband just a little bitty cruise of all but God gave that woman words that would build her faith up because she poured out as she was told to do a lot of times, man, we miss opportunities to break free and to be free of indebtedness because we think too much. Faith does not come by thinking. It comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, we already know, and I'm getting ready to conclude this message, we already know that we should not allow anybody when it comes to giving to put us in bondage. To make us think, you know, I better hurry up and get in on this. I ain't better hurry up and get in on anything. If it's a proper principle being applied, I want to be in on it. I'm not going to sit here and start thinking, well, you know, they're just trying to force me to give. Well, don't give. Just let the blessing just go on by. Watch it go on by you. I'm not saying that we should be foolish in our giving. I'm saying we think too much sometimes. I've been in places where people were asked to give another offering. And they jump religious. I've already given one. I'm not giving another one. It doesn't take all that. Well, then you just miss a blessing. That's how this works. When God is calling for something in the congregation, and you know that he's already blessed you, and you want another blessing, you better get in on it. You give according as God has blessed you. Have you poured out? Have you given to God as you should have given? That's a question. 
All right, let me conclude this. Because the bigger picture has yet to unfold. In verse 6, and it came to pass. That, that's the movement of time, everybody. And it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her sons, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more. And the oil stopped flowing. Man, ain't that something? That little old vessel of oil sure took care of a lot of business. And when it was completed, it stopped flowing. I just believe with all my heart that when God raises his people up, that he does it according as he will. And that's how he makes his lines to fall upon our lives in pleasant places. In other words, you can be down and out, man. God can hook you up to meet somebody that can be a friend for you for the rest of your life. It works that way. So they had poured out till there was nothing else left. Now, now the little vessel <laughs> was still full. Isn't that something? And was ready for some more vessels. But it wasn't anymore. So what was God after that day? I tell you what is after because it's right here in the scripture. Look at verse 7. Then she came and told the man of God and he said, go, sell the all and pay your debt. And live thou and thy children on the rest. Debt free. Debt free. I guarantee you the morning that woman woke up she had no idea before the sun went down that she would be debt free. Because it was, it was in the word that God had given her that she had operated on and it was in her mind to think about what it is that she had in the house. So we have to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. We have to work with God in order to get up out of that, that situation that we're in. That woman had no idea that before the sun went down that day that she'd be dead free. Because the man of God told her, he said, go sell the oil. Pay your debt. And live you and your children on the rest. There was a believer in this city. I heard it on the radio. He was a bar owner. He owned a nightclub. And in that nightclub, they sold liquor. Well, this man met Jesus. I don't know if he met him in the nightclub, but he met the Lord. And this man had a decision that he needed to make. And what was the decision? What he was going to do about all that alcohol he had on all those shelves. And that he had a living bartender running the bar. And he had all that liquor. And he had a lot of liquor in storage. And he started communing with the Lord as to what he needed to do with that nightclub. Lord told him. According to him, sell the liquor, sell the place, 
and walk away. Some of y'all probably say, well, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just would have given it away. Well, who's going to pay for all that liquor? Hmm? Sell the place. Take the money. Pay the people. Just that simple. Because if you give it away, you still got the debt. But if you sell it, you can pay your debt off. Because God does not want us traveling through this world, leaving all that debt behind with our name on it. You got to be fair with people. And you got you to gotta pay them what you owe them. And that's what God will honor. And see, when a good man or a good woman, and I say good, I'm talking about born again people that have the spirit of God in them, that's what makes them good. They're just not good on their own. But when the Lord blesses you, you want to be fair with people because a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. And if you do that, your whole life will turn around. Sell it. Pay the debt. Well, I don't have that situation, Pastor, where you pay the people that you owe and you pay them as much as possible on time so that you will owe no man nothing but to love him. And God will figure the, not figure, God will work the rest of this out. He's, he's a good God. And the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he had no sorrow with it. I don't care what anyone says. When you have control of your finances, you got control of your life. When your finances are all out of order and you can't find a way to get it done, you need to go to God in prayer and ask him to give you a plan so that you can be debt free. How many of y'all in here believe that you can be debt free? How many of y'all in here are striving to be debt free? How many of you just love the fact that you're on your way to a place called debt free? And when you get to that place, you're going to rule over your money and your money ain't going to rule over you. What a beautiful place to be in. It's called debt free. And it's achievable because I've done it. You can do it too. Amen. The Lord is looking for someone to bless. Is that someone you? Do you want him to bless you? You, you? You're waiting on the blessing. You can see it. Well, come on, clap those hands. See yourself debt free. See yourself blessed and highly favored on top and going higher. See yourself knowing Oh, and no man, nothing but to love him. You gotta, you gotta see yourself out of this situation. Will I do his will and There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of Jesus. I was at a home 
the power and the blood of Jesus on the cross at Calvary is God's resolution to the redemption of every lost sinner forever. Today is the day of salvation and now is the acceptable time because tomorrow is not promised. So believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in your house. For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. Jesus said, come. The Father says, come. The Holy Spirit says, come. And I say, come. You need to come now. Now the question is, when will Jesus return? I was the chiefest of sinners, Paul says, and so say I. I called upon Jesus over 46 years ago and he answered me, came into my heart and brought with him the gift of eternal life. And he'll do the same for you if you call. Say these words to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I believe you are Lord. Come into my heart. I believe that God raised you from the dead. I accept you now, Lord, as my personal Lord and Savior. If you said those words, and if you mean those words, they are recorded in the 10th chapter of the book of Romans, verse 9 through 13. Welcome to the household of faith. Much, much love to you. Now the question's up. Hello, this is Bishop Carwell, and this is the Know Your Bible radio broadcast. The world needs Jesus now more than ever before, and you can help us to reach the world for Jesus Christ. I ask for you to pray for what the Lord will have you to do as it relates to financial support toward Know Your Bible. And then send your gifts of love to Know Your Bible, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. That's the Know Your Bible radio broadcast, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. We also welcome your prayer requests and your praise reports. So until we meet again right here on Know Your Bible, you pray for me and I'll be praying for you. And guess what? We'll all be prayed for. Much, much love to you.